Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, May 27th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I want to continue to talk about what happened in Uvalde, Texas at the mass shooting, because there's some clarification, a lot of clarification that we need around that event, but also we need to look at how it connects to and has a bearing on other things that are happening in the country that can't be disconnected from what happened there. One of the first things that you learn in your tort class in law school, which is damage that can come to person or property, one of the first things you learn is that when there's an accident, you're likely to get as many versions of that accident as there were people who witnessed it or who were involved in it. Because everyone comes with their own perspective and their own biases and their own observational skills. This is even more certainly true of sudden, violent, and emotionally shocking events, which clearly happened in Uvalde, Texas. And so we should not be surprised that 48 hours afterward, there are a bunch of versions running around as to what happened there. And those versions are in many ways diametrically opposed. So again, as an attorney, it doesn't necessarily shock me because there's an investigation going on and ultimately, hopefully that investigation will bring clarity to what actually happened. However, there are things that are known at the moment based upon what appear to be firsthand recollections, people who were involved, and photographs that might substantiate some of what they're saying. And those versions of what happened by those firsthand observations, if true, and those photographs, if not given context other than what they appear to show, are true, some very disturbing things happened at that school, and they have not a whole lot to do with gun control nor would further gun control legislation have in any way stopped what happened there. So there are a couple of things I want to highlight about what appears to be true at this point. And again, everything I'm saying I need to qualify because we don't know yet. We don't have all the facts yet. Number one, the shooter was shooting at a church where a funeral was taking place before he ever got to the school. So did anyone from the church or the surrounding vicinity call 911 at that point? Number two, he was apparently shooting outside the school for 10 minutes before he entered the school. Number three, he went in through an unlocked door. Number four, there was, it appears, no armed security guard at the school, even though that school routinely trained for an active shooter situation. One of the police apparently asked anyone who needed help to call out that they needed help. A little girl did call out that she needed help. 
The shooter heard her, and he went and killed her. And lastly, federal marshals, at least one of them, who was outside for the hour before they went into the school, before the Border Patrol elite unit went in and neutralized, killed him, there was a federal marshal in a photograph who's pretty much geared up in tactical gear, who stood there for the hour and did not attempt to go in. Now, there's talk about going in or not going in and why they maybe didn't go in. And for those of us who remember 9-11, I'm sure one of the most astonishing facts of what occurred in 9-11 after the tragedy struck, after the terrorist struck, were the police and fire who ran into the burning building, who ran up the stairs to try to save people and who died in the process. So in a way, there's no justification for police or security or anyone else tasked with protecting the public and particularly these children. There's no excuse, there's no justification that will give any meaning other than cowardice or something worse to remaining outside knowing all those children were inside. You know, what I haven't heard one person say, and I've listened to a lot of reports so far, what I haven't heard one person say is, maybe some of those children who were shot in that one classroom could have been saved had they gotten medical attention for that hour. We don't know that he killed every single child. I mean, this is a horrible replay in my mind of what could have happened, but... We don't know that every single child died instantaneously. Some of them perhaps were able to be saved if they had had medical attention, but for the hour that they didn't go in and storm, I don't care how many security people or police or federal marshals might have died trying to save those children. That's what you do. That's what you signed up for. But blaming guns per se turning it into a political moment for the left and for those advocates of gun control is shameful. It's absolutely shameful. They are trying to seize the moment. They are trying to use a crisis as is their motto. Remember, the chief of staff to President Obama, Rahm Emanuel, said, we never let a crisis go to waste. You can get things done in a crisis you can't otherwise get done in non-critical times. He's on video. Go on to YouTube. You can see it. You can hear him. So this is a crisis, and the left is using it. They're using it to push through gun control. And ignorant senators like my senator from Texas, John Cornyn, has joined with Chuck Schumer and the others to get through some kind of gun control legislation. Now, the reality is that there isn't any legislation in the world that would have stopped this guy. And I want to make a point about there isn't any legislation anywhere that can stop anyone from doing what he did or what mass murderers do or what just a murderer of a single individual does. And here's why. This 18-year-old, who shall remain nameless on this show because I won't give him that dignity of pronouncing his name, he bought his gun legally. He did everything right. He went through a gun check. He bought his gun legally. Let's say they want to pass, you can't buy a gun at 18. Do you think that the people who are dying in Chicago every weekend, dozens, dozens of people a month, 
die in Chicago every month by shooters, drive-by shooters, random shooters. Do you think those people are dying from shots from legal guns? No. The criminals always get the guns. It's only the innocent that won't have the guns if they stop guns from being in the hands of the average American citizen. And that's why the founders created the Second Amendment. If you think that taking guns away is a productive or a helpful step in protecting people, I think you should talk to the American Indians because we took away their guns so we could slaughter them. I think you should talk to the Jews of Nazi Germany because Hitler took their guns away so he could slaughter them. And I think you'd want to talk to Martin Luther King, who, when he applied for a gun in his home state, was told by the local police, no boy, that's our job, we'll take care of you. And wow, they kind of didn't do their job, did they? The president calls them weapons of war. An AR he refers to as a weapon of war. The problem is the shotgun that he promotes as what he told Dr. Jill, his wife, to use off their balcony, fire two shots into the air if you think someone's coming into the home. Number one, it's reckless gun ownership. You don't fire into the air. Those bullets go somewhere and they can kill someone. Number two, shotguns. Well, in the Revolutionary War, when we fought for our independence, the weapon of war was a musket. The colonists used flintlocks to defend themselves. The Winchester rifle is the, it's called the gun that won the West. It was invented or designed in 1873. The first automatic pistol in 1892 after Custer was defeated at the Little Bighorn in 1876 was in fact a weapon of war. The Civil War, the weapon was a Spencer repeated rifle. World War I, the Remington pump action shotgun was the weapon of preference. World War II, the M1 bayonet and pistols. The Korean War, a rifle the U.S. rifle caliber 30, M1, and the Vietnam War, M16. I just read them off to you because I looked them up this morning because I thought weapons of war, even at a point in time, the weapon that President Joe told Dr. Jill that she should use was a weapon of war. It's all a matter of technology and context. The gun is not the problem, and banning it is not the solution. Banning it puts a whole nation at risk for not being able to protect itself. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's true. When we found plans that the old Soviet Union had had to invade the United States, and those plans were leaked by defectors, they had multiple plans coming into this country from multiple directions, East Coast, West Coast, from Canada, the one place they wouldn't try to plan to come into the United States through was the state of Texas because they understood the Texans are armed, they love their country, and they will fight to the death for their freedom. That's why you allow the citizenry to protect itself. That's why the Second Amendment exists. 
So all of this gun control conversation and all of this sudden fury, one more time, let's grab the crisis, let's use the crisis, is not the root problem. It's not the root problem. And maybe there's more than one root problem, but I want to identify a couple of them and elaborate on one in particular. When you devalue human life, 60 million aborted babies since Roe was decided, when you have people today who are advocating for abortion up to the moment and immediately following birth, that is a complete denial of human life. It is a devaluation of human life. When you get people reliant upon technology rather than relying upon one another, when we are using the technology to fill time, to be our companions, to be our friends, to be there when nobody else is, when you do that, you diminish humanity in every single individual who lacks sufficient contact and exchange with other humans as a result of the reliance on technology. When you confuse the role that men are supposed to hold in a culture, when you confuse that to the point of men not knowing who they are or worse, what they are, if you think that isn't happening. This morning, there's an article today in American Greatness online. It's by Eric Lindrum. And the title of the article is Biden administration demands that K through 12 schools eliminate gender-based bathrooms in order to receive federal lunch funds. Let that sink in. The Biden administration's Department of Education will be withholding federal lunch money funds from public schools that won't allow students to use restrooms and other private facilities that are designed for the other gender. Actually, a department spokesman for the Education Department said that they will soon be rolling out official rules to outline this new policy, which will begin in June. Now, what's it going to affect? It's going to affect the allocation of funds from the National School Lunch Program, which feeds up to 100,000 public schools and private schools and residential care facilities in this country. You're talking about feeding 30 million students every day and denying those funds to the school to feed them if the school doesn't allow boys to use girls' bathrooms, boys who identify as girls. You're talking about schools, uh, institutions that rely on federal funding like food stamps. They have to allow men who believe they are women or boys who believe they're girls to use women's facilities, including restrooms, showers, locker rooms, and sleeping areas. Now, that's part one of this brilliant new edict from our Department of Education. Sit down. Edict number two. These same facilities must also force their staff to use proper pronouns when referring to so-called transgender individuals. If they don't, the funds will be withheld. The funds for lunch to feed the children, 
who are low income and in need of food stamp or supplemental assistance in order to eat a hot meal in school. They are playing politics with feeding poor kids. And if for some reason a school feels it cannot participate because it's in conflict with their mission or their values and they seek a religious exemption and it's not granted, they're not given the religious exemption, then they too will have the program taken away from them. Now, the new policy, while it allows religious institutions to seek exemption from the rule, listen to this. Any school or other facilities that do pursue such exemptions are opening themselves up to attacks from far-left organizations because the group Human Rights Campaign, HRC, has already demanded that the Biden administration publicly reveal every school or organization that seeks a religious exemption. You know, I was in... Ulta. Ulta is a, is a makeup store, makeup, cosmetics and, and hair products, etc. It's a chain. It's around the country. I was in an Ulta store this week here in Texas. And when I walked in, it was busy and it seemed like most of the um, personnel, the employees were helping someone, but there was one employee who was standing and sort of looking at their hand, just sort of looking down and looking at their hand. And I walked toward that employee thinking that they would sense someone coming toward them and lift their head, but no, they kept their head down and they kept sort of picking at their nail. And then when I got really close, I said, excuse me. And the person looked up and said completely nonchalantly, what, you need some help? And I said, yes, I do. I'm looking for a specific, and I described what I was looking for. And the person said, yeah, we don't have anything like that. And I said, okay, thank you. And I walked around the store and I found four versions from four different manufacturers of cosmetics of exactly what I was looking for. Four different possibilities to fill the description of what I had given this person. And as I was standing in one of the aisles, this person came up the aisle and saw me And I held up what I had in my hand, which at that point were two of the four I had found. And I said, well, these are exactly what I was looking for, either one of them. And the person said, okay, well, if you like it. And then they walked away. The reason I have said this person throughout this entire story is I would now like to describe to you the human being who I just had the encounter with. It was a male He was wearing the worst silver gray wig I've ever seen in my life. It looked like it was a Halloween wig, quite honestly. The kind that looked like they're made out of, I don't know, saran wrap. I don't even know what it was. He had no makeup on, but he was clearly a boy, a young man. He was probably 20, 21 years old. He was wearing a black hat like the Wicked Witch of the West hat, only without the point, with a large brim floppy, and he was wearing a black woman's blouse and a pair of black slacks. And he spoke like someone trying to imitate a woman or a female voice. It was clear that he wasn't using his full voice, 
This was not someone in the middle of any kind of transition or gender surgery or anybody else. This was a guy who got up in the morning and gets up, I guess, every morning and wants to be a girl or wants to be perceived as a girl, or I don't even know what's in his mind when he gets up and leaves the house in the morning. I do know he took a job at a place where mostly women will shop. Rarely do I ever see a guy in Ulta. He took a job in a place where he knows he will be somewhat accepted because I often find men dressed as women working at Ulta. None quite as blatant or as absurd as the one I encountered this week. Some of them, in fact, may be in transition. I don't know. But I want to go back to what I said before I told you the story. When you confuse the role that men are to play in a culture, because men play a role and women play a role, there's no doubt that there's enough sociological studies that men are hunters and women are are nurturers. The point is there are roles to be played. And yes, some of them are societally imposed, but others come from nature. And as long as we continue to deny nature and to defy nature, to deny and defy a greater intelligence than us in the universe, that which some people call God, until we stop doing those two things, we are on the fast track for implosion. We won't be the first culture on this planet that imploded. We won't be the first, quote, empire on this planet that imploded. And if you go far enough back and believe, even if you're not religious, some of the religion teachings and some of mythology that is present in almost every culture around the world, we won't even be the first time that human life was nearly wiped out on this planet. We better wise up and we better wise up fast. And the other problem before, before I end this is, go back to where I started with Uvalde. There are people, and I've heard them today, I've talked to some of them personally, and I've listened to some of them on air. There are people who believe that it was a false flag. And I don't want to sound like a right, ultra, ultra right wing crazy. But why in the world would all those police, federal marshals, and anyone else who was there prevent even lay people, parents who wanted to rush the building, who were willing to give their lives to save their children, just like those firefighters did in after 9-11. Why were they stopped? Why is there a photograph of someone in tactical gear about to tase a parent, about to tase a parent? Why was a mother handcuffed who had driven 40 miles there when she heard there was an active shooter? She was handcuffed And a local cop who recognized her unlocked the cuffs and she stormed the school herself, got her child out and brought other children out with her from another wing of the school. You see, the problem is we don't trust not only each other anymore. We don't trust the government. We don't trust the media. And now we don't trust the police forces, the FBI, those agencies that are meant to protect and defend us. We don't trust them either. And when trust is gone, I can tell you from 15 years experience as a divorce attorney, it's the hardest thing in the world to get back. And sometimes you don't get it back. Sometimes it's the death knell for a marriage and it may well be the death knell for the United States. 
I'm so sorry that on a Friday, I'm ending the week with such a negative podcast. I don't do that usually. That's not my MO. I'm here to help you believe that you can, in fact, handle everything that's in front of you and that you have everything you need to know to live your best life if you make the right decisions, meaning life-affirming decisions that recognize the divinity in yourself and in others. It still is not too late. I believe God works in wondrous ways and at the least expected time and through the least expected individuals. So it may be you. Don't discount that it's you. Don't discount that you can make a difference. Don't discount that you can stop this runaway train. But you'll never know whether it's you or not if you don't even try. So please, this weekend, not only think for yourself, make up your mind to do for yourself and others, to do for the sake of the nation. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. Oh, maybe not. It's Memorial Day. And speaking of this weekend, let's remember what Memorial Day is all about. It's all of those people who have given their lives throughout the history of this country so that we could live free, so that we were not enslaved, whether to the technology or to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab's perverse idea of how individuals ought to live. Let's honor those fallen who gave their lives, not so that we could so easily give up the freedom they paid the ultimate price for. Until I'm back, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.